Believe me, I can hear you that Texas yell. It's pretty loud. (laughs) (laughs) Quit your hollering at me. Oh, my God, Kathy. What? I'm here. They didn't have a lot of time to prepare. Who's they and what are you talking about? They meaning the perverted podcast listeners, me meaning me, you meaning you and everybody. There was not a lot of time. And it is. I'm telling you, I'm here. I'm in Texas. I'm at Leah Spencer's. I'm in her room, my room that she prepared for me. And it has not been anything but insane from the second I left in a panic attack to the ambulance just coming and picking her up for the second time today. It is and a hurricane. Did I mention that tomorrow morning we got a hurricane? I haven't even been here a week. You know, first of all, I think that you're not getting the fact that you're supposed to be relaxing while you're there. Okay, so a hurricane, not supposed to happen. (laughs) This has been every, uh, you know, it's so, it's like relaxing in a way that it's like, well, here's another adventure. And at least this room, I'm literally wearing a sweater right now, Kathy. It's, it's humid as fuck outside. It's like 90 something degrees at night and it's probably 60% humidity. And of course it's obnoxious because you know, the tropical storm that has now been upgraded to a hurricane um, is coming in tomorrow and that's going to be uh, a whole nother adventure, literally about 20 minutes away. Landfall, we're about 20 minutes away from Corpus Christi, which is one of the areas that's going to be whack. So, but just, I'm in a sweater. But you're inside. Inside, the air conditioning is so magical. They're like, <laughs> why are you wearing a sweater? What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, well, it's blowing right down on my head and it's making my head and shoulders a little chilly. <laughs> So I'm wearing a sweater and I'm like, this is amazing. No, you don't understand. Well, because they don't they have hair. So I'm bald. So when cold air blows on your head after a while, you're like, fuck, I'm cold. I can't believe after all these months, I'm finally cold. So in one sense, super excited, Kathy, right? that I am in a place and I'm I'm with Leah and the kid and it's been an adventure but, you know, there's been some a little bit of drama because of her health. And, you know, we're trying to get her sugars to balance out and her adrenal glands are in blah, 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 blah. So, wow. and a hurricane. The hurricane's going to be fun. Let's not forget the hurricane. And yeah. the fucking hurricane is happening on GoFest, which is major not cool. Major <laughs> not cool. I have wait. I tell Leah, my priorities are this because I'm a man. These are my three priorities in my life right now. My penis is number one. Oh I can't get away from it. I can't. I can't get away from it. I'm a man. My penis is my number one priority. All my decisions are based solely on penis. Don't I am you being wish you honest. could just detach that and set it aside? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I, Why not? I think I do, but I don't. I still <laughs> I want. And I wish Leah wasn't asexual. Um, right now, because all the hell stuff, um, there's not a chance in hell. So I'm here. S- priority number two is Leah Spencer. You know, her health and dealing with this and getting her to balance out. She just had surgery. And so, you know, I love her. I care about her. She's an amazing person. She's been my friend for 16 years. So I want to make sure she's okay and I'm doing whatever I can and, you know, learning on the fly. You know, grab my D5, say, you know, saline bag this and, you know, steroids this. And, you know, it's like all this stuff on the fly that I'm learning, you know, in emergency like little situations. But she's got it down so she knows what I'm supposed to do. And so it's working out. But it's it's it has not been complete relaxation yet, Kathy. Well, I would I honestly I wouldn't imagine that it would be because even if it weren't issues with the health of your friend and the hurricane, uh, impending hurricane, you're still 
in a completely different state, completely different environment in someone else's home after having driven for two days straight. Uh, it's going to take you a while to come down off of that, even in the best of circumstances. Kathy, I agree with you. I went from a 7 million person city to a 6,000 person city. A, the culture shock is unfathomable. There's like cows to the left of me, cotton fields to the right. Everything is a truck. And it's just all, I mean, it's literally, I'm in farmland. I am literally mooing cows and goats and bugs and humidity and heat, but I'm inside. So who cares? You know, and cars have air conditioning and, but just giant windmills everywhere. And oh, you know, just, it's amazing. And getting here was psychotic, but you know what, Kathy, don't think I've forgotten about you. Damn Don't it. think I've forgotten about <laughs> your needs. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to take care of my friend and, and make sure that she's okay. But you had an injury that I was actually rather worried about to the point that I had to write you a little song. Grinding on her clit like a pebble She knows it's gonna hurt, but she's a sex rebel She'll rip off her own arm just to get her nut My friend, that's proof, she's a wacky slut Oh, 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 she's a sex rebel Sex rebel Sex rebel Kathy, cause your shoulder I, you know what? That there are times when I actually think twice about telling you these stories because I'm afraid you're going to make them into the jingle. This time, I went against my better judgment. I told you the story about my masturbation injury, and you went and made it a jingle. Well, Kathy, I was worried because you know, yeah, right. Because <laughs> I just picture you grinding your clit like a pebble, just. God, just and then and everything. I just worry. Are you okay now, Kathy? The perverted podcast listeners want to know are you okay? <laughs> they do not, but I am okay. My shoulder has totally calmed down. I'm no longer in pain. I can masturbate in peace. How many times have you masturbated? Uh, well, this week has been a very, very stress not stressful. I'm not going to say it's, but it's been a very busy work week. So I get home. I, you know, don't do much. I uh, get ready to have dinner, we'll do dishes, do all the things you have to do. And then I just pass out. So only like twice this week. But you are a sex rebel still, right? All right. I'm a sex rebel. That's right. Play it again. <laughs> Kathy's grinding on her clit like a pebble. She knows it's going to hurt, but she's a sex rebel. She'll rip off her own arm just to get her nut. My friend, that's proof. She's a wacky slut. She's a sex rebel, sex rebel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to add yeah, yeah at the end of everything, Kathy. Is that what you got to do? <laughs> yeah. Fed life is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us... Per- you know, I say that shit in my dreams now. I have these <laughs> phrases down. <laughs> the, actually, this this uh, this week's post is from Spanish Red, who is one of our uh, blanket permission authors, which I'm always very grateful because for. Because we're fancy. People trust us with their private information that There's... they their vulnerability <laughs> not their private information because they're posting it duh um, really? but their vulnerable information they know we are so gentle with what? all of these topics yeah, that right. we will <laughs> that they give us we... blanket permission we... <laughs> First of all, there's only f- about five of people who have given me blanket permission, and we are not gentle. I, I begin by raping their entire post and just tearing it to shreds, and and then you and I give our own ridiculous, immature opinions that nobody wants to hear about, and they probably... This is why I prob- I only have five re- uh, blanket permission authors. I'm going to say maybe. Else, yeah. I'm going to say maybe, yeah. But you know what? Fuck it. Let's dig in. As long as Spanish Red and the Ferret are two of them, among two of them, I'm very, very happy. Okay, she wrote a post called Why Small Consent Violations 
matter. She says, my last ex used to whine perpetually if he didn't get what he wanted. So to resist his constant pushing, sometimes I hit the fuck it switch and dropped one of my limits, quote, just this once for the sake of my own sanity. Sometimes it was just easier to let him do the things I didn't want him to do than it was to deal with his attempts to manipulate me. One of those limits he complained most about was my refusal to let him take photographs of me. Not asserting my no usually took up less of my energy than just letting him take the picture. What was the harm anyway? It was only a second of discomfort. Well, three years later, he posted one of these photographs on a FetLife profile. Cane marks, identifying text, vagina and all. At that point, there was little I could do. He suffered few consequences. I suffered quite a few. I found the experience more traumatic than I ever would have imagined. If I'd seen into the future, I would have kept all my limits firmly in place. They call my ex's behavior coercion. and We don't talk about it as much as we should in the kink community. Coercion makes limits so hard to uphold that a sub eventually chooses the path of least resistance. They've said yes, so surely their top is not at fault here, right? Well, wrong. In severer cases than mine, the law classifies coercion as rape. And it's rape that rarely goes to court because, damn it, you allowed it. And that's precisely the thought process that predators want to incite in you. So as they start with the small no's, the tiny limits, things that are barely noticeable, then they move on to bigger barriers because you're desensitized de- uh, to the process by now. And it's so much easier to drop a big limit when you're in the habit of dropping small ones. Small consent violations lead to big consent violations. Once you get on this road, you're going in only one direction and your destination is bleak. I'd like to say bravo, but this is just shitty. This is just a shitty fact of dating, playing, relationships, even not even relationships that you're intimate with, friendships, work relationships, whatever. Coercion is is really a cancer. And I just, I think about that, you know, because obviously I'm constantly having to reflect on myself and what I say to people. And it, and it is true. So many people look at coercion kind of in this like lighter sense. Oh, well, they didn't really they didn't really grab me and force me to do it. But the fact that they just worked on you and worked on you and worked on you and worked on you until you broke, in some ways it's more damaging. I don't want to say this, you know, flippantly. But in a lot of ways, that constant breaking down is more emotionally traumatic than than some of the direct assaults. You know, it's quite a horrifying thing uh, reading that post because I I see so much of my past in that. It's not I, I've seen just so many times in my life where when I look back, I realize how it happened and how I arrived at the place that I'm at. And of course, with the benefit of hindsight, you can see it, you chastise yourself. But in the moment, you don't really understand what's happening to me, to yourself. And you, I know that there are people who are listening to this who, are, who find it hard. Well, you can comprehend what I'm saying they, or, or what you, I just read. They find it hard to really understand because they've never experienced that. Not everybody ex, ex, is at the hands of a manipulative master at this art of coercion. So y- you might find it difficult to really understand what that can feel like. But when you go through it and then you find yourself at the end of it, You've learned such a major life lesson about who you are, what you're capable of, who you thought you were and who it ends up you actually are. You're never the same after that. And I I will say that uh, I want to say the the reverse of this would be well, not the reverse. I'm not saying it the right way. In in kink, it's it can be quite common for a a par- two people, three people, anybody who's in any kind of relationship to you know, go down the path where they're going to test each other's limits, where they're, they've decided that, that uh, they're going to see how far they can take things. Or 
a couple who discusses it and let's say their other half is very interested to know about their traumatic past or why it is that they have certain boundaries or certain limits. That's not what we're talking about here. That's actually something that can be very helpful, very beneficial in a relationship, particularly when both uh, partners are uh, in line with the same thing and everybody's on the same page. Uh, I know that for myself, the people that I love in my life, there have been times where I've pushed them because I want them to get past something. So pushing someone and helping someone pass their limits is one thing. Coercion is a completely different thing. It is manipulative. It is horrifying. The person who does it knows what they're doing. And I, I have so much hatred for the kind of person who can knowingly manipulate somebody like another human being like that for their own end. Uh, and, and especially in kink when this, where this is an area that you're already going to be trying things and venturing into areas that you've never ventured into when you, you need to be at your best. And when you need to be with a partner who is almost above reproach, to have those kinds of predators come into the community. I mean, in any area of life, this is tough, but in the community to have that kind of predator come in uh, and, and take, and take someone down that path who unknowingly goes with them is just, it's a horrifying thing. And I just hated reading that, that that had happened to her. So now I know you, you, you always want to do the, what can we do to this? You know, you knew (laughs) what was coming because the fact is, is risk aware consensual kink isn't just about accidents happening. It's also about intentional people that want to manipulate and harm you happening. That is part of a risk. It is an unavoidable risk until we somehow change 2% of the brains from not being sociopath or psychopathic, or we completely train everyone from birth through their entire education about better communication and about uh, non-selfish interaction uh, between partners. That world is a long, long way off. And the reality is is if you play, you're going to meet these people. And even the ones that aren't clinical, a lot of people are coercive and manipulative. A lot of people know that if you bitch enough, you'll get what you want. A lot of people are adult spoiled children. They were never raised to do anything other than whine until they get what they want, regardless or not. I mean, you if you're a parent, you know this. I watched my nephew destroy my sister. Watched him literally at four years old scream at her because he wanted some stupid freaking car or something stupid that kids want. And she's at her limit, her absolute limit of what she can handle from being a mom that day. She ended up going away on drugs. Um, And he's screaming at her. He's screaming in her face because he wants this shitty thing. And she's crying because she can't do it. And he does not care. He's just screaming at her. "I, I hate you. I want, and she's just breaking. That is what a child does. But if that child never is taught that that is an unacceptable behavior, that behavior will just manifest into less screamy, more selective, and more seductive ways of crying and manipulating until you get what you want. Yeah, it's very telling that your example, uh, we all know that example. We've all seen kids like that. It's what all, you almost expect from a, a, a small kid who doesn't know any better and whose parents let him get away with it. And it is why, as adults, we're like, well, we would see that behavior coming a mile away. Yeah, you would. But as you say, Boogie, that, that person gets much more sophisticated in their approach. Because you see it always works. And I don't want to blame everything on bad parenting. Why not? <laughs> well, okay, I mean, we can. <laughs> Obviously, a lot goes down to bad parenting, and not just bad parenting, because they were bad parented. The, 
that is obviously a whole nother planet of discussion, how to empower people, how to uh, better raise their children. But the reality is, is here we are. We have millions and millions of people that cry and whine and manipulate some of them in a sinister, intentional way. And some of them just because they're a spoiled adult. They're a shitty, spoiled adult. So how do we prepare ourselves for this? What do we look for? And at what point do we believe that we don't deserve that? Now, what I've noticed, at least in my circle, in my circle, it seems to be a little more like I kind of like where a lot of the lifestyle is, at least in my experiences, that limits, it's just kind of known. When someone says they have a limit and they tell you that limit, and all of a sudden you start pushing, I've had a lot of people go, didn't I say that was a limit? So I think that's exceptional. I do. I love that we, then that, that, that limits is a conversation that happens often in kink. And enough so that it's kind of like, oh, wow, I'm going to be a bad person if I keep harping on this. Now, of course, when you don't have kind of a community that uh, embraces that principle, and I'm sure there's tons of communities around that kind of brush those things under the rug or laugh it off or whatever. But I'm just speaking about, in, in my experience, I think it's a really good way to see when that predator is not going to stop because it just seems kind of obvious. Like, wait a minute, you know, like remember with the, they made me the, the little board, the little whiteboard that had don't punch me. Don't do this to bunny. You know, there, you know, I had a list of things so I wouldn't forget because, you know, I had multiple partners and each one of them had different limits that I needed to remember. So it was part of that relationship to kind of revisit those limits. It became kind of a fun way for us to learn each other better. And I think if you're in a relationship with someone that's willing to take that adventure in getting to know your limits, that that's a good sign that at least you're going to lessen the risk of someone coercing you into doing yeah. things you don't want to. That's true. It's a great post, and I, I hope anybody listening to this takes that into account, remembers this, how uh, insidious that kind of coercion is because it happens so slowly, so imperceptibly, so subtly that you don't really see what's happening, and you're just thinking of your own preservation, the self-preservation sometimes. You haven't you just don't have the strength against some people to continue to fight those small little things. And she's absolutely right at the end of the post where she says small, those kinds of small things lead to big consent violations. And that's when you're in trouble. So uh, it's a great thing to keep in mind. And, and uh, it's very honest of her to write that post. Love to read your letters. Hope it never stops. We're going to read your letters on All right, this time, you know what? I really, Boogie, we had so many emails from people giving you their support. Um, I, I found it very heartwarming. I don't know how you felt about it. I know you sometimes have trouble reading those kinds of things, but there are a lot of people out there who really care about you. I'm not going to read them all. I will, however, choose one that was probably the most eloquent because Path Girl does have a way with words. She does write some cool shit. Yeah, she does, and she it's lays all, all that science on. and stuff. Yes, throws you know? <laughs> it. All of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> she says, "Hey, boogie," and she puts in parentheses, "and Kathy." LOL. <laughs> it's like I'm an afterthought now. She says, "Yes, you can read this on the air, boogie." I am so happy that you finally finally found a place to stay. I even put something up on my own personal Facebook asking my friends in California to help. Diehard PP fans know that accepting help is incredibly hard for you. It is also amazing that you are finally in the mindset to realize that there are so many people around you who want to help you for no other reason than our worlds are so much better with a boogie in it. 
Where weaker people would have cracked under the extreme pressures that you have been through over the years, you are still standing. And not only are you still standing, you still find it in you to give a huge part of yourself to not only your podcast family and friends, but to all of us listeners. There is probably very little that you guys haven't shared with the podcast in order to help someone or make them laugh. That kind of raw honesty has helped so many people, including myself. We haven't forgotten that. You and Kathy make our lives better, so now it's our time to support you guys. You said it last week on the show, we may not be the family you imagined, but as fucked up as we perverts are, we are here and we love you guys. Boogie, you do whatever you need to do to keep safe, but more importantly, sane. This pandemic has fucked us all without Luber aftercare and left us raw and beaten. Jesus, she does have a good way with words. My asshole just hurts reading that. My sphincter just puckered. <laughs> just puckered right up. She says, you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you help other people. You carry that PP flag into the land of steers and queers called Texas and plant it proudly. I will follow the podcast wherever you and Kathy lead. The Church of Cock is hitting the road with its revival tent and going to Texas. Please travel safe and update us when you can. You guys rock. And then when you guys see me flying by tum- like a tumbleweed in the hurricane going, hey, ah! Are you relaxed now? <laughs> like a tumbleweed. Right into a cow pie. That's disgusting. And you know what? I will read one other one sentence one old crow wrote to you and he said, Get your ass to Texas and recharge your batteries. Maybe you can find a sweet little cowgirl who will let you ride her pony all the way to the rodeo. Yeehaw. <laughs> Ye goddamn ha. Huh? And I am looking for that. <laughs> Just to say, I'm gonna say this in honesty. Um, Path Girl hit the nail on the head. I have a horrible time accepting help. Leah Spencer asked me for no money, whatever. She's like, get out here. Here is a room. And I'm like, oh, you know, you know like, she's all, I'm not asking you for rent. I'm not asking you for any. And I'm like, I feel really like she's like, do you need to pay rent? And I'm like, well, you know, equal exchange and, you know, all the shit <laughs> go through. And and I'm like, okay, I'm cool, and I'm gonna help, and I'm gonna you know be helpful. Like literally, I was pushing a goddamn lawnmower this morning in the heat, stripping doors. Like literally, they do not. You come to Texas, there's no relaxation. They're like, whoa, we got to fix this door and put this thing up here, and then the, you know you got to get the thing, otherwise the ticks are gonna crawl on your leg. And I'm like, I gotta mow this because I already had one tick on me, and I'm like, oh fuck no, get away from my dick, tick, not gonna happen. <laughs> so she like, t- I gotta put it on on Fet Life. Like I'm like, what is this shit? I'm scraping doors and you know shit like that. So, but I got here and I literally almost left. Six hours after I got here, I was just overwhelmed with I shouldn't be here. This is wrong. I don't get it. This is and, you know, she's being cool. I never met her, like literally never met Leah Spencer. And she literally walked out the door. I'm all I am ripe. She's all just giving you a little hug. Pat showers in there. Go. Um, (laughs) And so I defunkified after six days of not taking a shower and two of them driving to Texas. Um and then we just hung out and literally six hours later, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I can't stay here. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. And my brain is just on fire. And I literally just made the decision. And the next day I called her into the room and I said, you know, I have to do this. And I gave her money and she's all, you know, I'm not asking you for this. Right. And I go, you know, I have to pay rent something, you know, right. So I gave her a few hundred bucks and, and, and she's all right, well, you know, we'll pay some bills with it. And (laughs) she threw it on a counter and that bought me a month in my mind. Right. I said, I can stay for a month. I paid some rent and I'll be helpful and you know, blah, 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 blah. But I can't, I can't Kathy. I tried so hard, but it just literally, when I did that, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I can stay. Well, that, so, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, so a lot of us do need to have that kind of exchange. So, yeah, I can't. I mean, now I got to go out and get money so I can keep making that exchange. Because <laughs> you know, storage is still 200 bucks a month in the valley, 
of Los Angeles. So you're going to be like that that kid in the the neighborhood who mows lawns. Get out there and mow them lawns and make some money. Oh fuck no, I will not. <laughs> I did it about 20 minutes, you know, and it was the old fashioned push mower thing. And I'm like, I ah, just get some exercise. So it was good exercise. And then I'm like, yeah, that's enough. And she's got a giant yard, like 8,000 million trillion feet. And uh, and I'm like, no, no. And she's like, no, I hire a guy. Don't do not do that. Just go in. You look stupid. Just go inside. <laughs> you, know? just totally see you look stupid. Did I make, <laughs> did I let you know that, that Leah Spencer is dominant and has always been dominant and we have a little Dom versus Dom battles all the time? And Mew thinks it is the most hilarious thing in the world. And she's all, well, because Mew, it is. Because Mew is safe in her state thousands of miles away so she feels she can talk shit so she's all sounds like leah's cracking the whip on you huh daddy (laughs) and i'm like i will add you yeah right when (laughs) there's gonna be a time i will say that i i get muse uh where she's coming from elation because well when i'm not no yes there is an elation that happens when you're not in the presence of your your dominant and you cut loose with the the language that you know you wouldn't get away with in person and i did that today to creative (laughs) explore and i texted him some really really stupid stuff (laughs) and i was like actually trembling a little after i did it but, you know, we, we can't help it. After a while, you know, we have to let loose like that. Well, you know, you did a pretty crappy job defending her, Kathy. And uh, <laughs> there is no escape. Like, she has a checklist. And she's all, did that make another mark on my checklist? Yes, pumpkin. <laughs> you know what? There, there will be anal fissures when I see you. I'm supposed to keep a checklist too, but I always conveniently forget it, and and I always rely on Creator Explorer's laziness. He he will <laughs> let me true. keep knowing perfectly well that I'm not going to tell him when I'm supposed to be punished. So it, it works out for everybody. Absolutely, goddamn true. Bunny likes to read, likes the feels, likes the tingle factor. Bunny's fan fiction reviews. All right, Bunny, you okay. have a sore throat. Yeah. You know, there's something that's good for that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, wait, I do know. Um, ibuprofen. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Bunny. No! <laughs> Take another guess. Is it tea? You know, Bunny, sometimes I just think we've been away from each other for a little too long. Just a little too long. Probably. I'm excited because I read this story and it was an incredibly naughty story. Yeah, it was. And why don't you go ahead and just tell us about this fan fiction? Sure. It is, um, what's it called? It's called Permission. Um, and for anybody who is a fan of Loki and or Tom Hiddleston, um, this particular author writes a bunch of fan fiction, all of it kind of has to do with Loki and Tom Hiddleston and she has like a lot of them so if you like her style of writing she's pretty great um but this particular story is kind of like I don't know do you have a good summary of it (laughs) well if you want a quick summary it's a it's a dirty spank and fuck story (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah That's, that's pretty much what I got it from a guy point of view there is, is there is some brattiness. It was not received well, and there was a god spanking that went going down. Yeah, there actually wasn't that much brattiness. She was she she like said something in an off tone one time once. That's enough. That is it. And, and then after that, she's all like, "Oh yes, I do want to submit." And then it was like all. I don't know, really submissive, which like can't relate. I can't relate, but it was it was good. I liked it. You know what I did like? You know what I did like that I didn't think I'd like? What? I liked the use of the honorific or the title of God, of my God. I liked that. Like calling somebody Really? I did. I didn't think I would. That's nothing I've ever thought of, but I really connected with that. I thought that was really hot. Having to be like, my God, like, 
she referred to him as God. It was good. I'm taking notes feverishly right now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> likes deity play. <laughs> Apparently. Because <laughs> it's true, because I've played the devil a million times in role plays, and it's super hot and evil, and, and uh, but I don't think I've ever played uh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought of it, really, but I like the use of it in this story. So I, I would, yeah, I like it. It gave me thinkies, for sure. Well, that's good. So, so what kind of thinkies did it give you? Basically, that you want to try this type of play, or? Yeah, I, um, I mean, most of the, most of the fic, like, most of the stuff that happens in it are like things that I already like like I really like punishment scenes I think those are hot but I it was an interesting power dynamic because like when you do power exchange things a lot of them are things like scenarios or relationships like teacher student or things that boss and person like daddy little girl whatever like they're power things that people generally think of but guess i never thought of like god and mortal and that just like that because that's like such a higher power kind of a deal it feels like an even more um disparate like power exchange and so it got me thinking about things like that and how we could play with that kind of a power dynamic it seems more intense to me than some of the other ones and that sounds fun Absolutely, I kind of agree. So on the bunny marshmallow meter of fan fiction, for the thinkies, what would you give it as far as marshmallows? I gave it an 8 for the thinkies because it made me think of a lot of new things and I liked that. And that is one of the things that I really like about this segment is just in you covering these stories and then sending me fan fiction because I don't read a lot of fan fiction uh, pretty much unless you send it to me so it's kind of the same thing for me you're you're always getting these ideas and I just can't say enough that if you're a couple in perverted podcast land and you're looking for ways to kind of pick up the pace in your kink adding characters and role play to it is so much fun. Oh yeah. It's just it's just so much fun to just work on a character and think about how a character would be and allow yourself to be somebody else in that moment while still kind of in the back of your mind you know it's your partner and you know how they work and whatever. But it really is a creative outlet. Like if you don't do art or you don't do music or something like that, role play can be just a fantastically creative venue for you and your partner to kind of connect in an, in a creative way. Yeah, definitely. I think role play is really fun. And just like anything, it's like you try it and you can have fun. And also randomly, another part I liked in this story was that they have this big like god mortal power exchange role play going on but still in the middle of it it's just this completely like normal has happened to everybody thing where she's like wait i need lube and it's like <laughs> like you can still have completely normal things and ha- kind of interrupt your scene but that's fine you just go back to it after you know that's, I, I remember that that was very funny you're like oh well god's like oh i'll just reach over here and just but hopefully if you have a good god they could just make really good lube like god yeah. lube i yeah. mean that would be pretty cool i would buy that yeah. i don't want to know how they made it but i would buy it <laughs> so <laughs> as far as immersibility cool. and how this story kind of sucked you into it <laughs> help fix your throat see what i did there see <laughs> fix your throat suck. never Yes. Look, we're preparing for a hurricane. I've been driving for a long time. So as far as how this story brought you in, uh, what? how many marshmallows would you give it and why? Um, I actually only gave it four marshmallows for immersibility, uh, which is kind of low for me. But I think it's because I liked the whole premise and I liked the God thing and the Loki thing. But um, I didn't really connect with the girl character that much. And usually I'm, I like to envision myself. I'm like, what am I doing in this scenario? But like his reply, I don't know. It didn't suck me in that much because I didn't connect with her as much. But yeah, so I only give it a four. Because you're a brat. Unfortunately. So. 
because you don't like to eventually submit. You just brat all the way until you're broken. That's not true. Sometimes I think I'd probably like to. So sometimes I'm like, I could have such a nice time if I just was like, yes. Yes, sir. I will just <laughs> sit and do what you say. And I it's do have goal. kind of service tendencies. I just, I just, I don't know, man. You know. I don't know, man. I just can't <laughs> submit. I just don't know what happens. I gotta tell you to go fuck yourself sometimes, you know? It just happens. It comes out. But it is true, though, because maybe you're not submissive, but there are moments, and Muse a lot like this, too, where... You may not have that, yes, sir, whatever you want. I, I live to serve you, my God, um, type thing, which I crave. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't get all the time. It, see, it sounds hot. It does sound hot. But you guys are servicey. And like when you and I do boot worship or whatever in that moment, I think there's a difference between service and submission. Mm, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. That would be a whole different because I'm of service as a daddy. I do service all the time and making you pancakes and, you know, creating an environment and stuff like that or, you know, helping you build blanket forts and, and stuff like that. So there's definitely it's a different type of headspace where submission is a more giving yourself and your will kind of to somebody in that moment. Right. Probably be a whole nother topic. Service versus yeah. submission. Huh. Yeah, it's a good topic. Somebody write down a note. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> take a note. Texas, take a note for me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Texas. So as far as the feels, um, what would you give this story? How many marshmallows would you give this story on the feels? Yes, I give it seven marshmallows for feels. And this is because through the thinkies, I started thinking about like... God and mortal relationships and that gave me feels. Aww. So I liked it. Okay, that's pretty darn cool. So now moving on to the hotness, which of course I could probably give something like this a good seven or eight. Um, I'm a little harder critic on marshmallows. I'm very, you know, I have an eating disorder so I don't just hand out my marshmallows. <laughs> as easily as you but I thought this was pretty hot so as far as tingle factor what would you how many marshmallows would you give this I also thought it was pretty hot I actually gave it only those 6.5 so 6 marshmallows and a mini marshmallow it was very hot but I think the lower score of immersibility for me made it a little harder made it a little harder for me to be like as turned on as like easily but I still found it hot for sure Oh, that, that actually makes a lot of sense, knowing you and how you explain the immersibility. That's okay. actually really cool. Yeah. So overall, this was a fun story. We will be putting the link on uh, pervertedpodcast.com for our listeners to see your marshmallow meter and a link to the story. Uh, I'm very excited uh, about having you do more stories. You sent me like seven of them. And <laughs> you were so overwhelmed. You were like, just, I'm preparing for a hurricane, and I just got to Texas, <laughs> I can't You read. get so excited. I'm like, yeah, just send me a story for tonight, you know, and I'll read it, and then I'll, and I'm like, ah, I did not have time for this 75 chat. You sent me, like, some epic war and peace fan fiction erotica, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have time to read this. Which one do you want to do? But this is a great story. It was a, it was a lot of fun to read. I think the listeners are going to like it. Please check it out on pervertedpodcast.com. And Bunny, I hope mm-hmm. you feel better. Thank I wish you. I could be there to give you my my godlike home remedy, but alas, I am I am far away. Yes. But uh, I do wish you the best and we're going to try to stay safe over here and have some fun and we will talk to you on the next segment. Yay! When sex said from your grandma does not suffice, go to Perverted Podcast for some fucking advice. All right, so we got an email from someone who said, I prefer to remain anonymous, which of course we respect every time someone wants to remain anonymous. And she said, my dom slash protector and I have been together for a long time, a couple of years. 
I am single while he is married to his slave wife and has been for many years. They got together as master slave before even marrying, by the way. Anyway, I always knew that eventually he would let me go when I eventually found my long-term partner, since he was always just kind of an in-between partner for me. However, I developed feelings for him, loving feelings, which he does not reciprocate. It was part of our negotiation, actually, that love should not happen, and he doesn't have the emotional bandwidth for that with me. My question is, what should I do? Let me go cold turkey, become only play partners, stay status quo with unequal emotions. Wow, those are three very uh, depressing options. No, no, I I don't think so. Let me interject really quickly here to say that um, I, I think it's kind of very telling where she says, what should we do? But then she's, um, I don't know, it kind of made me think that she uh, she hasn't told him yet that he's developed, she's developed loving feelings for him. I kind of got the gist of that from the email. If I'm wrong, I apologize. If I'm right, wow, I think that that conversation has to happen first, don't you think? Well, I think there's a lot of great options here. Okay. I think there's a lot of great options, and I'm going to call them great options because unexpected feelings, you can't control them. I mean, you can to a certain extent, you can keep your walls and your defensives up, but there, there may be a time where even though you rigidly say, we, you know, you have logically lined out in a perfect thing, this is going to be this way and that's going to be that way. Sometimes parts of your brain are just like, I am going to bond with this person. I don't care what your fucking logic is. I'm going to bond with them. And that means you're going to get oxytocin and endorphins and and all that lovey-dovey stuff that's going to surge. And and it's harder to let go of that because you now have an addiction and a bond with this person. The good news is, is that bond, I know this is going to sound weird, that bond is completely physiological that your brain is doing something. And we know this because many of us have had dozens of relationships where there was that bond. And then after a certain amount of time of not re-engaging those triggers that give you that, that bonding experience. Right. Then all of a sudden you are not bonded with that person. And now you can be, I, I have lovers that I was bonded to and that were bonded to me. And then there was a little bit of time for those chemicals to kind of wash out. I know it sounds real generic and not romantic because it's not. It's not. Science is generic and not romantic. (laughs) It is just what it is. You have bonded with somebody. It doesn't mean there's not good reasons and that's not healthy and blah, blah, blah. It just means you have bonded with them. And for that to change, you are going to have to stop those chemicals from keeping you bonded with that person in a way that makes you default to the emotion rather than the logic and the logic is is that this person is not bonded with you and that hurts because you have that romantic emotional kind of forever you know unrealistic dream and fantasy but that person is actually exactly as they said they were going to stay and i go through this a lot too Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe they'll change. No, that's just your chemicals telling you you have to change this person because you don't want to lose that bond. But the reality is, is that the dominant is not in love with you. You have these feelings for the dominant. And if you want this to work at some point, you're going to have to stop those chemicals, which usually means a certain amount of distance, maybe a couple months away. Uh, that you get involved in other aspects of your life that that take your attention and your focus, building that relationship with yourself. And then usually you'll find, I mean, depending on how hard you work on yourself, anywhere from a few weeks to a few months, and you will start to not look at that person the same. That is definitely a way to go. And I think you're right when you say a lot of people will have a hard time hearing this or won't want to hear it. Uh, that's very true because love is a... Oh my God, it's such a loaded word. Everybody has a different opinion of what love is. Uh, and that's where all of us get in trouble in relationships because we're not all coming from the same place. And unfortunately, people, as as is perfectly normal for us, we assign a lot of meaning to that word, a lot of things that maybe aren't there. When in reality, yes, you're absolutely right. It is a chemical response. 
for me, it was the opposite. The minute I, I, I hated being so out of control when I was younger. I hated that, that sense of, uh, my mind is not my own because uh, I would the jealousy that would overcome me, my high school boyfriend, if I saw him with anybody, I, I absolutely hated that roller coaster ride of emotions. So when I uh, realized or heard or read or however, I don't even remember how I came across the information the first time that it was a chemical response that you're right to hate it because it does uh, it. You may as well take a needle and uh, of drugs and pop it into your vein somewhere because that's, how out of control you will feel when these chemicals start coursing through your body. I, to me, I felt tremendous relief because that at least I can get a handle on that. I can understand. And sure enough, I learned uh, through my teens and, and early twenties that that feeling did go away that given enough time and usually a lot less time than I imagined it would be, that feeling started to go away and I started regain, to regain a sense of self, of control over myself and, and feel better. It was, it was a tremendous relief. There came a point, Boogie, in my, in my life where I f- felt that I would start to f- get that feeling again, that overwhelming feeling of uh, that lack of control because I, I that uh, feeling of jealousy and, and overwhelming love I thought it was for someone else would take over. It would start to come on me and I would tell myself, remember, this doesn't last that long. It's okay. Mm. And I would feel so relieved at that. And it's why when I first came into the community and, and when I decided I'm just going to embrace my, the polyamory that has always been within me, when I read what new relationship energy was, I thought, I don't even need to read further. I know exactly what new relationship energy is, what other people call love. Uh, and you just need to give it a, a few weeks, sometimes a few months to let it get by you and then you can think clearly you can think with a with your head instead of you know those emotions and so that i will however say i don't in any way mean to diminish what she is going through and if it has been months if it has been maybe years that you've been feeling this from maybe close to, from the beginning of your to real your relationship none of what boogie and i just say is going to make any difference to you and it's not going to help you in any way but if it hasn't that is a good place to start is to understand where those feelings are coming from and to give yourself some time. And if after a few months, it's not going away, then unfortunately you're going to have to bring in your dominant as a sounding board and you're going to have to let them in, uh, on what's going on with you. And that's a scary thing because he's already said, he didn't have the emotional bandwidth. I've already got a wife. He's laid it on the table. He's been very clear and it's not an easy thing to bring up with him because you kind of already know what the next w- the next words out of his mouth are going to be. I don't think there are many people out there who are married and who have another relationship with someone who are going to be, yeah, I'm okay with you feeling like that. I'm just not going to reciprocate. So let's continue with the relationship. <laughs> Most people will see danger signs and warning signs and go, okay, well, I'm sorry, but... Um, I can't help you with that. We're at a plate. We're at an impasse, and and we're we're just going to have to part ways. Okay, I'm going to step in, and maybe you, you you said wait a few months, and then if it doesn't change, then you should talk to him. I don't agree with that. I think this should be a conversation that happens immediately because you're lying to them. You're lying to them at that point. If you're omitting the fact that you have feelings and that you negotiated that this wasn't going to develop feelings and you have feelings and you don't tell them about those feelings, you don't, once again, you are not including them in your discovery. So you're not really there, you know, you you don't have a dynamic anyway because you're not allowing your partner to know what's going right. on. And they may have some good ideas. They may have some compassion. They may say, I understand that you have feelings and let's maybe give you some options. Would you like to only see me once a month? Uh, Would you like to cut our phone calls down to this? How about if we see with this new, you know, awareness that we have, if we can tone that down? But we all know that's not how the brain works. The brain is not a tone down thing that you guys just agree intellectually and then all of a sudden that part of your brain that has an addiction and bond to someone is going to be like yes oh okay well i'll just tape it back to fucking 30 percent instead of 100 that's really not how it works there is going to most likely have to be some sort of separation 
to help that go down. And in most cases, I found that there needs to be probably a full separation without maybe, maybe touching on a phone call or something like that, you know, every, you know, once a week or something like that. But in general, you're going to need to stop that trigger. You're going to need to stop those things that, that get you into that. Yeah, and, and you're right. Stopping that trigger, it's really only one way to do it is to step away from it. I, I will say that um, generally communication and honest and open communication is is the best. And I, I, I'm a big advocate of that and I absolutely need that in my relationships. But in, in reference to what I said earlier, uh, let me just first of all preface this by saying this is me. And I'm not advocating that anybody do things the way I, I do them. But for me... Nobody is entitled to what goes on in my mind until I deem it necessary. And so I don't, just because I have a feeling, it does not obligate me to open my mouth and begin speaking to somebody about it right away. I determine when that happens. And that's the, that's where I was coming from when I said, maybe give yourself some time solely because that's something that works for me. It may not work for everybody. I absolutely need to delve inside my own brain before I open my mouth and bring someone else in on it. It does not mean that I, I'm going to lie to anybody. So I don't, I certainly don't want anyone to think to, to, you know, move ahead with a suggestion I give them in which they keep it to themselves for a while, unless they fully understand where I'm coming from when I say that. I, I think we're, we're our debate is getting closer and closer to an, an agreement. If it is a situation, what I'm hearing that you want to be in control of your thoughts and feelings before you speak to somebody about it, that I absolutely agree with. The thing that I think that you are not following proper protocol is if this is a dynamic of the relationship. This was a condition that was set down for this relationship, and now you are doing something differently. I think that at that point, that is something that the dominant needs to be informed about it's not like yeah, a thought I, about your life or finance or or no, you know your right. existential I, I agree with you in fact when we started this i said if, if you haven't told him you need to at some point right, because, right, or right. soon i absolutely think that that conversation needs to happen i'm just i'm all i'm always uh, you're not going to get that conversation even the creative explorer as long as we've been together and as committed w- as we are to having open and honest communication, he's not going to get that from me until I'm ready to give him that communication. And for me, the process can sometimes take more than a couple of weeks. Sometimes for me, I have to, I have to go within and figure out what's in my own head because I, I have a lot of similar tendencies to you boogie where, where our, our brains are, are just crazy and they're all over the place. And, and there are absolutely definitely been times where the situation is of such urgency that I will tell him, uh, my mind is, you know, insane right now and I don't know what I'm saying, but I know that I need a break, but I'm not going to tell you what's going on. I just, just know that I'm okay and I need to be alone for a week. So, so that's they, something you have in a conversation yeah. with them. Exactly. That is something that I absolutely agree with. Even if you haven't worked out the, that you are ready to have a conversation. I have done this with Mew. Mew has done with this with me where it's like I got some stuff going on in my head and I'm not ready to talk about it now. But I just want you to know we're probably going to have a conversation about it. Just let me work it out so it can be the most positive outcome for both of us. Because what happens at that time is. While you're having an internal struggle, if somebody really knows you, they know something is wrong. They know something is different. They know that you are acting differently for them. So now they're spinning. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? So if you give that little buffer, even if it's a month, and you just say up front, you just say, hey, I am thinking about some things. They're not affecting our relationship directly unless you sense that. So I don't want to talk about those things right now. Give me some time. What That puts the spinning of your partner at ease when they notice your behavior is changing. Right. This is a tough topic. I'm not going to lie. This um, My heart goes out to her. You can't control the feelings that go on inside of you and to suddenly experience feelings that from the outset, the both of you had said, we don't want to happen and it will spell the end of the relationship. Uh that's never an easy time you're going to go through. So um, 
I hope that our ramblings have at least given you some help. It is it is a hard thing to go through, but I will say, um, in my experience, number one quickest way to get out of love with somebody is to come see Count Boogie and let me fuck you. And then my magic cock. Oh my, my God. magic cock. Well, you know it's coming because it's me. <laughs> and I only I only have one platinum cock, Kathy. I will share it. And that platinum, will is it? <laughs> it is platinum. It is platinum and uh, it, it has value somewhere. Uh-huh. So yes, if you fuck account boogie, then uh, you your eyes will literally open up to another universe. And it'll make, you know, it may not get you completely out of love with them, but you will see that there is other things out there. Anonymous, if you're listening, don't pay any attention to what Boogie just said. (laughs) He can't offer you any of that. (laughs) Unless you like shower curtains. Oh, well, that you've got plenty of. (laughs) I have four left. (laughs) Disposable, one per customer. One per oh yeah. If you saw the the gush gush that Mew put all over her shower curtain, these are not these are not recyclable. I mean, I suppose they are if you dip them in like hot water and bleach. Why? Just the three bucks, dude. Go buy a shower curtain. Yay! Well, that is it for show two sixty nine, people. Texas style. Texas size. Visit us on patreon.com for always slash perverted podcast. And if the show holds any value for you whatsoever, consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck. Boogie and I want to once again give tremendous thanks to all of our supporters. We'd also love to hear from you, so drop us a line at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to visit us on FetLife under the group Perverted Podcast. Well, Kathy. Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to say something here. I was going to say something suitably Texan. <laughs> so suitably now, Kathy. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that we have the technology to record from thousands of miles away and still be able to do this show. I have the whole studio set up. I put it up on FetLife so they can see my little recording studio. I was able to make that jingle for Headley. It was my first Texas jingle. It sounded good. I'm excited to be here. Hopefully this opens up opportunities. So one of the things that I'm going to keep pitching is keep emailing us at pervertedpodcast.gmail.com and ask for your questionnaire so I can get some of those listener interviews in. It's a lot of fun. Kathy's going to start learning some stuff so she can do segments on her own. We have a lot of stuff that we're going to try to do. What I want to... Oh, Kathy, 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 Kathy. What? 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 What do you think? Let's just have a show meeting now, you know, right here on the air. (laughs) Okay. So what do you think? I talked to Bunny about it. She thought it was hot. What do you think if I, like, wrote some really filthy stuff, like really filthy sex, or you wrote something really filthy, and then we had listeners come on Zencaster, just like the interview, and then read it? And, like, so you know how we have Daddy Storytime? Where I do stuff, which by the way, it's due. Let's do that next week if we can. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah. So I'll write, write something. Down. Write something really dirty, and I'll do it. But it'd be kind of cool if we had our listeners do that, and I can record them, and then we can play our listeners doing erotica. Mm, huh? I like it. We could have them say all kinds of stuff. Email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com if you are interested in participating in something like this. Yeah, because I'm not writing shit if you don't, if they're always going to step up to the plate. You you email us, and I will write you some nasty shit. Yeah, sounds good. I like it. <laughs> All right. Yay. Woo-hoo. Well, then, we uh, made it through show 269. I'm going to go stick my dick in a fucking hurricane, and we'll see you guys next week. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I met an angel. She took my last quarter. She said it was for her parking meter and I, I melted right there She was a Libra but swore she was honest She looked at my palm and she called me a prophet and I, I melted right there Oh, taste my wine 
sound of your orchestral voice. Oh, you're quite fine. Yes, it's true. We walked on the ocean and tasted the salt breeze. She made a crown for me, made out of seaweed, and I, I, I melted right there. I told her my thoughts of fate versus luck, and she asked me if now was a good time to fucking know why I melted right. From the cold with our souls intertwined No stress on the mind I'm subdued While I was sleeping I heard my love weeping I opened my eyes And away she was creeping And I, I melted right She left me was vague and deceiving. She said that she loved me, but had to be leaving. And I, I melted right there. No, I, I melted right. There.